Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. My name is Shay Ryan Douglas, and in this series, we explore community connection, optimal human potential, and transformational collective growth through inspiring stories and conversations with a diverse range of people who are working towards positive change in the world. This is really exciting, and I hope you enjoy this episode. To get the full video versions of all the interviews on this podcast, please visit earthheroestv.com and I'd greatly appreciate it if you took the time to like, share and subscribe. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Shay Ryan Douglas and I'm joined with Yemi Penn who is an incredible, she's got an incredible story guys, you're in for an absolute treat today because Um, when you learn about this woman and what she's had to overcome and where she's been in her life and see where she is now, it is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm really excited to have you as a guest, Yemi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Like I said, so excited to talk about any and everything. So yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, I feel this conversation is going to be really diverse and um, we're going to, you know, speak to the unspeakable essentially and really Absolutely. go go to the depths I'm really excited yeah. about. But before we get into it, um, I just wanted to share a big thank you to all those listening or watching this video right now, um, and particularly all the members at Earth Heroes TV who enable us to be able to have the opportunity to open up these conversations more often and more quality um, content to bring to you guys. So without the members, we wouldn't be operating and be functioning. So we're really grateful that um, you guys enjoy this content and we, we just want to invite you that if you do enjoy it, just leave us a comment, let us know what you liked about it or what you didn't like and uh, feel free to share it with your friends because Earth Heroes TV is a conscious media platform with a bigger mission. So we're all about helping the health of the people and also of the planet. That's why we focus on regenerative projects. But today's conversation, we're going to be talking about really harnessing that intergenerational wisdom keyword wisdom by really looking at you know our past unresolved emotional traumas from our life this is a big topic and i'm really grateful that you're um, joining us Yemini, and someone who's um, born in nigeria growing up in uh, the uk now living in australia here in sydney blessed that you're here um You've got this incredible life where you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're a really great speaker, speaking on at TED, um, you know, you're an engineer by profession, and you really got this transformational mindset. You're really someone who's just boldly stepping forward and speaking to um, a lot of these, again, unspeakable kind of areas of life. And so I'm pretty curious, maybe we just want to dive in there just to give the audience a little bit of a background of, you know, essentially your story and how you've gone from homelessness and gone into this like CEO powerhouse go-getter of a woman. And, and you know, and then we can explore maybe like that catalyst for change and, and what really stood out for you as a, a moment for transformation. But let's start, let's start by your story because it's a fascinating one, guys. You're really going to love this. Wow, it's funny. I must be on the journey. I've got to start off by saying that I am now Yemi Pen version 9.9. You 9. think of 9. the updates you have to do on your phones, the software updates. I literally am going through updates every single month that even your introduction of me has me think, who is that person? Because I think I've moved since then. Um, so just, just one minor correction. I was actually born in the UK. So how do I describe myself? I'm a British-born Nigerian. 
living in Sydney, Australia. And I put myself that way because my Nigerian culture is really, it's a really big part of me. And it's funny because the further I move away from Nigeria and I guess big groups of Nigerian people, I realize why my parents were so, we're not adamant, we're really dedicated to making sure I didn't lose the culture because it feels like I'm going back to the future at the moment. Um, and I'll be able to share a bit more what I'm doing because I'm currently studying a PhD, which is really close to my culture in Nigeria. But I guess, you know, when I hear the sensational headline of going from homelessness to CEO and running businesses, um, do I say I'm proud of that story? Um, I, I am proud of the change I did. And I, I want to start by saying that everybody's got a story. Everybody truly has a story. And I think some of the stories just managed to make it in the newspaper or on a web page. Um, but for me, I was, you know, born to two seemingly well-adjusted parents. And, you know, we we kind of did this thing. There's a movie called Farming, which is where, and you probably wouldn't know this in my bio, and I, I'm pretty confident I don't talk about it in my book, but it feels like something I should say. Um, there's a film called Farming where it shows a period, especially in the 80s, where a lot of Nigerian families in particular had their children um, living and raised by white families in the UK. Now, every parent had a different reason for doing it. Um, and I think what we were told back then is that that happened because our parents needed to study and they thought, what a good place for us to learn a different culture in the UK. So that is almost the beginnings of, I guess, my childhood. And that was where maybe really understanding the British culture became a part of me. And I'd go back to Nigeria. And, and this is where I think the manifestation of who I am is now coming through because the younger years of me in Nigeria is where I experienced, I guess, one of my deepest traumas that I'm still working through. And, and that plays a big role in where I am today. But I mean, I, I could keep on going and talking, but I'm keen to understand if there's anything in particular you want to ask, because I think I'm also a nomad. I mean, what is a South London girl doing in Sydney? There's usually a long story to that. But um, yeah, that's the probably best way to summarize without me droning on and not trying to answer a particular question. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, the the YemiPen 9.9 .9 version, this is amazing. And I love your approach to, you know, recognizing we're always evolving and upgrading and changing and transforming that it's a, you know, ongoing evolutionary process. That's beautiful yeah. perspective. And I guess, yeah, maybe to dive deep into like, obviously it's recognizing the element of um, trauma and the moment and the experience, which is mm. um, subjective to each individual, but really also then maybe I'd love to hear what, what was the catalyst for your journey of healing? And you said, you know, you're yeah. on that path and you're on the journey now. And it's a it's a life path, as we all know, yeah. for all of us. But yeah, curious to hear if you're open to sharing um, maybe what that, that process has been like for you. Yeah, the, the catalyst has to be, it felt like repetitive patterns. I mean, the biggest one for me was um, moving to Australia eight years ago. My son was seven months old. My daughter was seven years old. And I was married at the time, but you know, it was still very early, but it, it obviously something would have been off because I had been living in Okinawa, Japan. My then husband was due to come and meet us in Sydney, Australia, but there was this wrestling with my soul. I felt like I was failing and I couldn't understand how I thought I could be making the same mistake again. 
So for me, it felt like again, and I say again, because I had two kids with two different dads and I was just shaming myself um, continuously. I, I don't really want to say anyone else was shaming me, but I, I carried it. And even till today, I'm still trying to understand how we've all signed up to a blueprint that wasn't written by us and so therefore isn't for us. Um, but that discomfort got so great that I thought I have to do something. And I couldn't afford it at the time. You know, I was actually on a really decent salary according to the standards of salary in Australia, but I couldn't afford the therapist. And I think that was my other trigger for the journey of, hold up, is this what life is? Am I going to be on struggle street forever? But finally found a way to pay $20 to, you know, psychology students who were still studying. And the talk part of the therapy just blew my mind. And in doing that, it started to open more and more. I would go to personal development workshops. And then I started to surround myself with people who are hungry for growth. And I think that's where the spiritual element started to come in. And I have to say, this is why Australia will always be a version of home because the land is so uh, electric, so soul defining that I've been drawn into so many different other modalities, you know, whether it's crystal dreaming, whether it's Reiki, whether it's having my numbers read. And it really meant that I, you know, I kind of had to do a death to previous versions of Yemi and, and not to say, oh, don't show up again, old version Yemi, but to say, okay, you've done what you needed to do. We now need to venture into a new paradigm. And that was the beginning. And, and my goodness, Jay, I have to tell you, literally, I think four weeks ago, I, I did my first ever journey with plant medicine. And FYI, here's a girl who has never, ever done any form of drugs, no weed, and barely a puff of a cigarette. So I'm going deep on this healing journey, to be honest. Wow, that's that's massive. And I must say, it takes significant amount of, you know, courage and bravery to be able to just even leave your your own home to go and live in another country and and start a new life and get a new job and just embark on that journey alone let alone you know the unraveling of all of the other healing work and the personal development and and even going down into plant medicine journeys it takes such a level of humility to mm. face the deeper aspects of our own self as you mentioned, yeah. you know, the shame and that's something that I've definitely had to work through within myself, the self-shaming and the self-judgment, the self-guilt, yeah. this, all this, this, these things that we put in ourselves. And that's the, what I'm hearing from you is the liberating moment to recognize yeah. that yes. it is, we are the only ones that are inflicting this upon ourselves. Mm. And that's a beautiful <laughs> element. Maybe you want to touch on that, that piece on um, that level of self-responsibility that it takes yeah. to be accountable for um, those beliefs and those thoughts and those um, things that we tell ourselves, which are not true, but actually hold us back from achieving what we are truly capable of. And, and, and yeah. it seems that you've started to apply these to your life now and going on the entrepreneurial journey is really exciting yeah. because you're starting to put it into place and it's, you know, appearing in, in different facets and areas of your life. Maybe you want to speak to speak to that yeah. what 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 it was that that um you know you had to really shift in the mindset to be able to get you to this state 
you know, Yemi Pen 9.9. <laughs> I love it. You've even got the voice for it. That should be an advert. Yemi Pen 9.9. <laughs> Can I just say, it feels like you were just reading the bio to my inner thinkings there, because even as you were talking, I was a little bit triggered of <clears throat> self-responsibility, because the minute you hear that, it feels like blame. The work is so deep, Shay, because I, I don't know, I, you know, you see, I feel like I need to blame Hollywood movies or Disney movies where there's always a villain and, and there's someone who needs to be saved and constantly looking outside of ourselves to find someone to blame. So the self-responsibility is something that I haven't heard or seen, considering the media has pretty much been our teacher for the past number of decades I haven't seen that and so when I started going to events where I had these great teachers saying you know can you look at yourself and and I haven't found that many who try to do it in a place from full compassion but I had to start looking at me and saying well what role do I have and then it went to okay what influence what control do I have via myself what would it look like if I stopped blaming my ex if I stopped blaming the way the government is that stops me from doing things. And you hit the nail on the head. The minute I got into that really uncomfortable conversation of checking myself without blaming myself um, was the minute these creative entrepreneurial audacity, fear dancing initiatives came into my mind. I can't, if, if I could Oh, if I could leave a message for the world and I was to go today, I would say, if you were looking to change your life, make money, find love, start by cleaning your trauma. That That's the, just start by cleaning your trauma. And I promise you it will come out and it will be confronting. It will be uncomfortable because it will feel like it's triggering your identity, but it would literally change your life. Wow. This is so big. I love it. It's so powerful. And so from that perspective, then if you were speaking to someone who this is maybe like recent new kind of um, information or conversation and they were like, what do you like, what do you mean trauma? Like I'm, I'm very privileged person from great country. I've had a great life. Um, I, this is, you know, like I'm, I've been really fortunate. I got lots of good things. Like I don't have any trauma or what, what even is trauma and how do I discover what, my trauma is so that I can heal it and work through it where, where do I even begin oh my gosh you're so good and I'm not even saying this you must have some psychic abilities because just yesterday I've got this gig which is a really great gig um Hunter Valley working with a corporate organization to speak to their people on trying to figure out who they are and where they are and there's a lot of connection to country and connection to self and I think one of my superpowers and blessings is being able to make people feel comfortable to really speak about the unspoken, to talk about the elephant in the room without being trampled on. And what came up consistently, Shay, was people who feel they have come from privileged backgrounds was guilt. And I, I was sad. <clears throat> I was sad. I was, ah, oh, was I surprised? When I went and had my journey with plant medicine, it came up. And it was pretty clear that this is work I am to continue to do. So I wasn't overly surprised, but I think I was just still in awe that we were able to create a space so that they were able to do that. And I think this is the next work to do. What was interesting was the fact that they have guilt around their privilege. And there's a risk that we are creating a whole new paradigm of some sort of trauma-induced something, something. I don't have the academic word for it. Where people who... Um, either feel they were born into wealth 
potentially hold a white race as we have constructed, will feel that their very presence is no longer welcome. Now, I know those who may become from what we have called <clears throat> underprivileged, marginalized minority might say, well, about time, but that's that's not the world we want to live in. in. My view, we don't, we, we don't, we don't save ourselves by repeating history. Um, I can also empathize with the sadness and maybe even the anger, but it just it just doesn't make sense to me because we're going to leave this earth and on the premise, the planet is still in the way and just once again, pass down this different level of intergenerational trauma. So the first thing I'd say to those who feel they're privileged is firstly, bask yourself in gratitude. Like gratitude is one of the most powerful forces ever. Go and read the book, the magic or anything else that you know, can be put to you and do these activities that let you do that so that you come out of shame or guilt for having. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't get sponsored by anybody. I'm just saying the things that change my mind. Listening to Abraham Hicks, the one thing that they said that blew my mind was you can't help poor people by being poor. It's a very crude statement, but to have guilt based on your privilege, just, you know, it's it's a borderline wasted emotion, one that needs to be looked into. But I'd say even, even your challenge of yourself of being privileged in itself is trauma. I mean, the most basic definition is a distressing or disturbing event. And if we go further, is it complex? Do you think about this all the time? Do you find yourself feeling like you shouldn't have a seat at the table? No, lean in and, and understand other people's stories. But do your gratitude piece first, because I promise you, the minute you do that, you will find how your privilege can help with equality. But it won't come out if there's guilt. There was so much there. I hope people get something from it. But it's it's the work that I know I am to do now in the next couple of years. Wow, that's so good. And, you know, we don't speak enough to gratitude and how important it is to be grateful in life. So I really love that message that you brought up there. And, um, yeah, it's such a, such a potent reminder, you know, just to have that daily practice. And um, also curious, you know, you, you touched on the element of um, in the work that you do of reconnecting back to the land and, and, and looking at the spiritual dimension of having that appreciation for, um, our environment. And I'm curious to hear, you know, what you're studying now with your PhD and how that relates to your, um, you know, your your upbringing and also your cultural heritage, how that mm -hmm. impacts and how that, um, you know, story, as you mentioned, all of these stories are now coming through our devices and our screens, but what that, um, you know, that Indigenous story of um, ancient ways, mm -hmm. how how you're integrating that into you know, modern day um, seminar or talk or personal development or into your work that you're offering now? Mm. So my PhD, funnily enough, in 2020, when things were just started getting quite hectic in the world, I kind of got this <clears throat> download to do a PhD. And I think I was traumatized by education in itself. And I was like, no, 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 no. I kind of thought it was my ego that wanted to just get that doctorate or to be taken more seriously and blah, blah. I was creating all the stories. And then I thought, no, I don't want to do it. I'd rather do something creative. And that was when I got this inspiration to create my first documentary, which was great, well-received. It you know, got me invited to do the TED Talk, to be interviewed in you know, one of my greatest mentors I hadn't met at the time, Jack Canfield. But what happened was in 2021, I still had this yearning. 
And that was when I felt like my <clears throat> guides or ancestors said, we want you to do a PhD. And I was thinking, oh, that's four years. And they said, well, hold up. You've just dedicated your lifetime to looking at trauma and the healing of it. So why not? What is four years? And that was powerful when I kind of got that download. And so my next mission was, how can I find a university that will let me study and research what I want in the way I want? My goodness, Shay, this is why for me, transformation and the power of the mind is such a big deal. And I managed to find a university in Melbourne that is allowing me or supporting me to study and research this primary question. Can or can trauma be transformative? And what role do traditional cultures play in the healing or resolution of it? I mean, wow. they they are excited about it, but here's the best part because I do not like writing lots of words. They are <laughs> they are supporting me in only writing half the words, and the other half is documentary style. Wow! Right? That's incredible. <laughs> that is so exciting. And you're a great speaker. Like, and um, I haven't actually watched the documentary. I'm also a filmmaker. I'm really excited to watch it. And what what an opportunity to be able to express this message through yeah. an artistic form of yes. of documentary filmmaking yes it's i mean i'm i'm really i'm really excited i mean i'm only about six months in but my brain is already there because i do want to go back to nigeria um japan okinawa america key key parts of my healing journey and try and touch on some of those traditional cultures. And look, I'm very interested here in Australia of the indigenous methods. And I always know that, it, you know, I want to be respectful to the land and to elders past and present. And so I just need to figure out what's the best way to do that. But from the event I did yesterday on uh, Wanarua country, you know, dancing, and fire ceremonies are big things, and and I can echo the same in in part well, all parts of Africa. Those those were and you know should still be huge. I mean, Uncle Laurie on Wanarua land, um, down in the Hunter, he he said it. He said it's time to go back to the future, and I loved it. I mean, I love that movie, but this is different. Imagine a documentary on that, whereby we are going back. <laughs> to save the future because y'all decided to throw all those things out and call them names. I mean, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited probably more so than the technology revolution about going back. And I'm, I'm hoping that my PhD touches on that, but even beyond the PhD, it's the research and something you said when you gave the introduction to what, you know, you do here at Earth Heroes, I always question, I love um, Sir David Attenborough and other people who talk about sustaining the planet. And, and my question has always been, well, can we sustain humanity at the same time, if not at a faster rate, so that that role becomes much easier? And for me, cleaning trauma is is one of those ways. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And um, I love your deep, inquisitive, like reflective questionings that you ask. They're great questions. And just wanted to invite anyone tuning into this video or, or audio, if you had any questions, just write them in the comments section or if there's something that really um, stands out and resonates for you. Just let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. But um, going deeper into, you know, you're talking about the indigenous ways and the, the healing that they, these ancient cultures have essentially stood the test of time because they're still mm -hmm. here today. Um, and, and that, you know, South American um, journey of healing through working with the plants and working with nature and really harnessing that energy that can unlock different areas of our um you know, consciousness within our being mm. and help us see things from a totally new perspective from 
outside of the box, let's say, or outside of our own story in our own mm. mind that keeps us trapped. I'm really keen to hear more on how that journey has um, enabled you to unlock this mm. like superhuman woman oh. abilities that you seemingly have right now because this is amazing. Dude, I have not even started. Like <laughs> I turned 40 in two weeks and I'm just so oh, excited and geeked out. And I know it's nice, 40 is a word, it could have been 30, but the reason why it's exciting now is because I've never felt so confident in myself. I've never felt so comfortable with whatever's the broken elements, with my shadow side, with my light side. Like I feel I feel integrate, more integrated than I've ever been. The work continues. Um, but sitting with plant medicine, Mama Aya, as I call in particular from South America, blew my mind. It blew my mind because, you know, as you've rightfully understood me once again, it's like you see me. I love questions. I love questions. I don't mind giving some answers, um, but I really, because my curiosity is is wide. And I used to say, I want more, I want more. My more doesn't mean just mean in possession of material stuff. My more is how much more can I expand my mind to understand the world I live in and therefore the impact I can have. Um, I'm so hungry for that. And what happened when I went to sit with Mama Aya was I was asking every question. Why are my feet cold? What's going on in Russia at the moment? Why did this happen? Why do I keep on seeing spiders? Because I believe there is meaning behind it. Now, I know that there might be, you know, because I'm, I'm an engineer by profession, there might be a part of my brain that's wanting to break that down. And some people might say, you're asking too much. So what if I am? Isn't that what kids did when they, when they were younger and for some reason we used to shut them up? I think that's where we connect and we grow. And so sitting with plant medicine, Mama Aya, what that did for me was realize that I actually have access to <clears throat> answers more readily than I ever thought. And you know what blew my mind, Shay, <laughs> and whoever's listening to this, was the fact that I actually think I may have been the one answering the questions. That no 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 that has really that has really blown my mind because when I was asking questions I would get the responses so clearly and soaked with love and compassion with no doubt no fear and I think I only just just dropped the penny a week ago that I may have been the one doing it but from a different consciousness or consciousness or whatever but I actually think I was part of it and so I'm still going through my integration of ah, so can I, can I continue to follow a path and can I be part of the making of this path? And so still investigating, but I'm, I'm excited. And for the love of mankind, don't understand why this isn't available for everybody. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a really good point. Um, that it seems kind of inquisitive to me that why or how it's been kind of suppressed in the west let's say and and you know labeled a kind of class a drug or something that is um you know could be beneficial and and through time and, and cult certain cultures and through different histories has really um allowed the evolution of that you know society to progress in a way and and even if we look back through history and we look at ancient cultures like you know the mayans or um, sumerians or the egyptians then, then you know, it's a humbling position to find ourselves in that we don't really fully understand or comprehend how they were able to create these megalithic structures, for example. Correct. 
So what you're mm-hmm. tapping into in, in terms of the creation, the story of creation, um, are we creating our lives? Are we answering our own questions? Uh, you know, it's this, these are big, big, beautiful, um, amazing experiments and explorations of the yes. self. It comes yes. down to knowing thyself. And it sounds like, you know, you've gone on a tremendous journey to really understand yourself in such a big and beautiful way that that has given you that confidence and given you that power um, back. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as to, um, you know, as you move forth in the, in the world um, and you've done a lot of the healing work and you're on this journey and you're, you're integrating all of this processes and healing work, um, when, when, you know, the world is also changing at a rapid rate with us and we move mm-hmm. into a new paradigm of being and, and living and the way that we um, function in our, on the land, uh, what mm. does if we 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 um, we went we went to the past and we healed our trauma and we look to the future and mm. we create this new earth experience? What does that look like? And what does it feel like? And how mm. would we how would we interact and relate? And how would we be in that space? If I can be really honest, I don't think at a conscious level I've ever even allowed myself to think that. But I think somewhere under the surface. We, <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I always get nervous about saying stuff because <clears throat> I want to acknowledge that I'm nothing but a vessel with someone who's got a perspective. And although I might speak with confidence, I, I, I don't want anybody to feel it's the only way. I want people to remain curious. And so I want to be really responsible in my response and saying, I haven't thought about that, but parts of me wonders whether the world and us as humans can operate without hierarchy. I really don't know. And I only say that because (laughs) I'm a South London girl, moved to Australia, and I've pretty much gone further and further inland. And now Lake Macquarie, which, you know, for those who are listening around the world, it's kind of like closer to the lake. And we have acreage where I just want to be connected to the trees. This London girl never thought that was possible. So to say it's a calling is an understatement. But when I sit here and I look at the spiders building their web, I look at the birds coming to the tree, I see biodiversity. Don't necessarily see hierarchy, but I see some of them eating each other. I mean, mean, even just saying this, I I haven't had the opportunity to say it out. So I'm, I'm watching life in a language I was told I didn't understand. And so I'm thinking if that's how they're operating, how can we? So when you talk of a new earth, I actually just see us working in this biodiverse way. But I don't know what that looks like because I'm still yet to tap into the mental understanding of how it quote unquote should be. I feel there's peace. And once again, peace does not mean that we don't have those challenging moments. Do we just accept it as is? Is it just part of the evolution of life is peace not fighting when something goes wrong you know I've done a documentary on trauma what happens when my kids grow up and say mom you know that time you didn't show up to my basketball game that was traumatizing what 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 do I do then so I don't have the answer but as you can tell I have so many thought processes because I still don't know what a new earth looks like but I think peace resides in there it's just how are we defining it? 
Great question, Shay. So good. I love your thought processes as well. This is such a great conversation. Mm. And yeah, I just love asking that question because it seems to me that we you know we're we are co-creating this experience on on some levels. And at the same time, you know, there is greater forces, a cosmological perhaps, yeah. um, natural phenomenon that is also um, kind of contributing to the evolutionary progress of our um, human awareness. <laughs> mm. And to be born into a time when we have an opportunity to be able to go on our own journey, go on our own process, uh, be the hero within to resolve our trauma from the past and, and create mm. or tune in to the calling of our lives and our purpose. What an amazing gift that is. Yeah. And, and to allow that to lead us back to the simplicity of nature. This is yes. magnificent. Mm. I love it. I love the simplicity word you say. I think I want to definitely add that to peace is the simplicity the complexity, who, I think it was my partner, he's reading a book about focus saying that we, most of humanity has already reached its maximum point of trying to multitask or do anything more. Um, you know, whether scientifically that can be proven or not, I don't know, but simplicity I long for, I mm. really do. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, on this journey you would have had, I'm assuming like a tremendous amount of mentors and teachers and guides and people to support you on the journey. Is there anyone in particular who really stands out for you? You see, this is always a weird one because I get these things that I call downloads that just kind of drop for me as I search in. And it would have to be the big part of the matriarchal side of my family, my grandmom and my mum. And the reason why I'm always surprised when I say my mum is because, oh, just in case she ever watches this or listens to this, it's not the closest relationship according to the standards of the world. It's, it's not. But there's something, and, and we have contrasting views. Um, I think my mum would, would sometimes struggle. I definitely know she struggled originally with my, with my documentary on trauma because I'm effectively speaking out the things that we typically try to hold back. But what I love about her at the same time is that she's still okay being my mum she's still okay going and, and, and I'm loving the person I'm becoming as I explain the reason why I'm having to do this work but not being attached to if she is happy to take it or not. And so there's something in that matriarchal love and she definitely has tenacity that I feel, that I feel. But it's once again, it's not logical according to the standards of the world because I'm no longer looking for approval but I'm okay with having love um, and support which is not to try to stop me. Um, and I think those, those two are really powerful. My grandmom, because I spent some time with her and I'm now remembering the things she did <clears throat> that involved using nature, plants. My grandma would often go to the river. She would bring back stones and we just didn't understand as kids because they were just stones. But for her, there was something sacred in it. And it was just the language, once again, that we didn't understand. So that remembering element is a pure gift. Um, and, oh, look, there have been so many other people. I now know that I have guides. Um, wouldn't have known that before. But a few people have seen people standing behind me on stage, um, which freaked me out first time. Um, but now I, now I think I can understand a bit more. 
That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, it's really lovely to hear that, you know, there, there is that connection. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. It's been so good to dive deep into it. And I've got, a, I've got one more question for you before we uh, wrap up today's yeah. conversation. And I'm sure those who are listening have also really enjoyed it. Again, please let us know if you have and feel free to share this video. But um, I'm curious what your perspective is having, you know, gone through big shifts in your life and big deaths of identities and, and upgrades of your system and so many um, phenomenal transformations and changes. Um, how, how do we prepare for and, and what does it even look like to, um, you know, be equipped with the, the wisdom, mm. the intergenerational wisdom of preparing for the death process and, and mm. what happens after life, after we die? I think there are two extremes of humanity that are <laughs> closest to reality or the truth, whatever that may be, because I definitely don't know it. And I think they are really young people. You know, most people, especially from a psychological perspective, but even go spiritual, there's something before the age of eight or whatever it is that we just haven't overly screwed them over yet with our ideologies of what the world is. And believe it or not, way in which I get wisdom, number one, is having conversations with those. And I and I, I mean it. I take it in the simplest form. I try to be present. When they're doing something that seems ridiculous, I'm just like, what? why are you doing that? And then they tell me, and then I try to, I try to unscramble it in my own adult worldly mind, but there's wisdom there. And I think, I think we might be missing a beat without connecting with our young ones as much as we should. And then the other is the other spectrum when they almost return back to self, um, you know, whether we call it dementia or we call it something else, something in me says there is something even in that, what we don't understand and the older generation that have the wisdom who have lived part of the life and say, well, knowing what I know now, this is what I would have done maybe differently or what I learned. Um, I think another way to tap into intergenerational wisdom is some of the ancient modalities, whether that's going into a different level of consciousness through meditation, through plant medicine, crystal dreaming, so many things I don't know of. I think we have to get comfortable with accessing that and we, we need to do it to oh, sounds really heroic, which is what this is about, Earth Heroes, but it's to change the world. I think I think we need to. We need to start tapping into that because the wisdom is there. I personally think the wisdom in trees is, is um, supreme, and I'm still trying to figure out without using my analytical <laughs> worldly mind to figure out how I can get in on that. Um, and I know that one of them is to connect with them and let them feel safe. That is so good. That's profound. I love it. Yeah, you're absolutely an earth hero. So powerful to hear your journey and and uh, to be able to receive your wisdom. I'm so grateful that we've had this conversation in this time. I really appreciate you. And those who are tuning in, I, w I really want to highly encourage you, go and check out uh, Yemi Penn's website, www.yemipen.com. Check out her documentary. She's on Facebook as well. Obviously, go and have a look and, and see and support some of the powerful work that she's doing in the world um, right now in this moment to, to change the world. And oftentimes, you know, I feel we, um, I certainly know and I speak for myself, I don't give myself enough credit for all the little seeds that yes. I've planted I had no idea about and how it will impact. And 
we, you know, you know, we may never know how many people listen to this or watch this video that there is something that really just sticks for them and, and they take away, it's a gold nugget, it's a gold piece and it, and it may change their life for the rest of their years. Um, yes. And yes. you may never know about it, but it's so beautiful to recognize that we are all contributing to and playing a part of this huge shift that is literally unraveling and the world is certainly mm. changing, right? As we do know it, um, do you have any any last uh, shares you'd like to share with us, Yemi, before you head off? I really appreciate your time. No, I just want to say thank you so much for the platform and and for your you know listeners and subscribers. Love the work you do, and just grateful for this conversation because I was saying stuff I didn't even know I thought, and that is the gift of growing. So I can tell you now that I am now Yemi, <laughs> version ten. Oh, yeah, version 10. I love it. That's so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much for your time again. And um, hopefully we'll stay in touch and, and maybe see you again soon. For sure. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this series and if you'd like to listen to the full episode and get more conscious content online tune into our online video platform at earthheroestv.com hope you have a great day guys and a huge love from me and see you next time